Welcome to So What's the Problem, a podcast in which we rewatch movies from our youth to determine if they're problematic by today. Oh, Jesus, by today's standards. <laughs> I'm Jimmy, and I'm Jen. Today we'll be discussing My Father, the Hero, which was released in the U.S. on February fourth, nineteen ninety-four, and the U.K. on the sixth of May, nineteen ninety-four, and Ireland on the twentieth of May, nineteen ninety-four. It was written by Francis Weber. Weber. Uh, and Charlie Peters, and was directed by Steve Miner. It stars Gerard Depardieu, Catherine Heigl, Lauren Hutton, Dalton James, and Emma Thompson. Very, very briefly, Emma Thompson, but she's there. Yeah. Uncredited, but she's there. What's going to happen is this, Jen and I have three problems each that this movie has, and also one positive, and we're just going to have a little chat about them. So, Jen, this is your first time watching this movie, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. What did you think? <laughs> it's a piece of shit. <laughs> that's really bad it is terrible but I was wondering like if this would have been one of those movies that you watched when you were younger if you would have liked I don't know I don't know Um, I my mom was a social worker who specialized in sexual abuse mm-hmm. and um, I was very aware of a lot of things at a very young age And I think, and this came out, I guess I I would have been 12, so I was extra aware Mm -hmm. and had known people who'd been abused. And I don't think I would have found it funny at all. Um, I would have understood how, I understand that like a lot of 12 year olds wouldn't get how completely creepy it is, especially back then. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't think there's a world in which I would have thought this movie was okay when I was younger. Um, What's your history with it? I've only this this is the third time I've ever seen it. It what I did watch it when it first released and then I watched it on TV like a couple of years after it. So I had seen it twice when I was younger. So it falls into the category, you know what I mean? It's it's mm-hmm. it counts. I just wanted to do it because I remembered that the premise was awful and I thought uh-huh. that we should talk about it. <laughs> I remember even thinking back then that it was, you know, really wrong, mm-hmm. and um, and usually, like back then, I because I was an idiot and naive and everything. I didn't really understand things back then, but even I knew that this was wrong. <laughs> that this is a terrible, terrible premise. Well, this is the same year as Mighty Ducks too. So going going by our conversation last week when we were talking about the Mighty Ducks and how Disney softened up, um, this was actually released by Touchstone. Uh-huh. Which is a more sort of grown up um, label. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they sort of dodged that bullet a little by <laughs> releasing this piece of trash under a <laughs> Disney name. But it's still rated PG. It's on Disney Plus. I watched it last night and it's rated yeah. 9 plus on Disney Plus. It is not on Disney Plus here. Um, All right, sorry. I thought it was. That's no, no, I no, no. I, I, I did, I did pay money. <laughs> oh, I apologize. I'm sorry. No, I did pay money for that. I did not know the plot of this movie until a few years ago. Mm-hmm. At which point, I was horrified. Mm-hmm. I was curious. Yeah. Um, my problem is, I wish it was a worse movie because it, honest. Well, I'll get into it later. Right. But it, I, uh, I didn't like this. Movie. Right. And oh, before we get into anything, is I forgot to look it up. Gerard Depardieu, he did bad things, yes. Um, he's the guy who peed on a plane. But didn't he like in the whole Me Too thing? Oh, probably. I don't know. All right. Wow. I think I think he's a bad person. Yeah, he probably is. I think he did something bad. He's French. So (laughs) wow. I'm going to I'm going to start with my problems, and my problem is 
Mickey is terrible. I'm going to go ahead and say my third problem, which will now be my first problem. Um, that she's a sociopath. Yeah. Here's a quote from the movie. When I start lying, I can't stop. It's kind of addictive. Yep. There's something wrong with her. That is. That absolutely is. Yeah. Like, like at first, I'm like, this girl is... Like, I, I thought they were doing a, a, a decent job at, like, your typical angry teen girl. Mm-hmm. But as the movie went on, I was like, no, this isn't normal. This isn't normal at all. Because they even show her, the very first time she, we, we meet her, and her dad's playing the piano, she smiles because she's happy to see her dad. But then her face changes, and then she's a devil. And it's like... She mm-hmm. does that throughout the movie. There's like parts of the movie where she's really nice to her dad and she she clearly loves her dad or she, you know, she kisses him on the head and says, Good night, Daddy, when he's sleeping. Well, she thinks he's sleeping. Um, stuff like that. And then to his face, she's a right devil. So, yeah, there's clearly something wrong with this girl. Some of that I get because it's like he's been out of her life for years. He's an absent father, so she loves him. But I could understand not wanting him to know how she feels because... He doesn't deserve it. But there's weird things like, well, first of all, the the lies she tells are super messed Mm -hmm. up. Um, And the fact that she like, I mean, she just goes so far with them, too. Um, Like these elaborate backstories, I don't understand. No. Like there's things like her looking out at the scenery and she clearly thinks it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then like. She can't even let her dad see that. I know. She she just goes, it's okay. She just, she's a sociopath. Do you know the water um, skiing scene where Ben's trying to kill the dad? She could have stopped it right there. It's half an hour into the movie and she's just shouting, stop it. But she could have said, no, look, I lied to you. He's my dad. Please don't kill my dad. <laughs> it's like, yeah. that could the movie could have ended half an hour in. Because it could have been about something else. I mean, she doesn't even start the rumour, but she catches on to it and then start, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's she's awful. She's really badly written. Well, and she... I guess I guess another problem I have that I'm just going to mm-hmm. throw out there. I don't I think the title's terrible. What he's a hero because he pretends to be her lover? Like I don't understand. Exactly. What does it mean? Cuz he doesn't even save her at the end. Cuz when she fell out of the water, I was like, right, her dad's going to save her. That's when he becomes a hero. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, because and there's other moments where she doesn't like it when her dad's talking to the barmaid in the airport and she doesn't like it when he phones Isabel mm-hmm. and she gets jealous of that because she thinks that he's going to get remarried and have a, another kid and she'll get forgotten about and all that right which is fair enough I understand that Mm -hmm. but she also tries to set him up with Diana but that's to distract exactly but what if that like became something though she must have had a lot of faith in her dad to not or or she thought that Diana wasn't like attractive enough for her dad or something and that's fucked up she's a calculating manipulative little shit and she's evil. Yeah. So, okay. So you sent me a link to something I'd actually just read like two minutes before. Um, yeah, sorry. It, I forgot to send you earlier. It was some quotes, uh, some stuff that Catherine Heigl said on uh, Howard Stern like five years ago about this movie. I didn't look to see if there were more quotes from her about this movie. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. And I understand that not all actors like all their work. I get it. Mm-hmm. They can talk about it publicly if they want. Uh, although it's nice if they're respectful, if the people they worked with are nice, mm-hmm. like Judd Apatow seems to be. But she, you know, she came out on Grey's Anatomy and said she didn't submit herself for an Emmy because she wasn't given 
good material that year. Which is actually, I've always really understood that. She just, I she worded it in a really insulting way. Yeah. She could have said, I don't feel... Like I, you know, had, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, she put it on the writers rather than... Yeah, so she, so she kind of shit on her job that year. Mm-hmm. A job she was still at. Mm-hmm. Um, With Knocked Up, she said some bad things about that movie. And I, I just don't think she's a very articulate woman. Like, mm-hmm. when she says things like this, I... I even if I don't have the same opinion, I get where she's coming from and everything. But she just says them in terrible ways. Mm-hmm. But, like, I haven't seen her say anything about this movie mm-hmm. in that howard stern interview she talked about how she wished she hadn't worn that white bathing suit and that yeah. she and that the movie wouldn't have gotten made today but seriously <laughs> she will crap on knocked up mm-hmm. and this she doesn't well she does she also in the interview she does say she watched it with her 14 year old girl mm-hmm. and she didn't think it was appropriate yeah but that's still saying it's not appropriate yeah, no she could have said it's garbage but this movie, believe it or not, Jen does actually have a little bit of a following. And not just with pervy men. It has a following with girls, like teenage girls who saw it at the time, I discovered. Oh my god. Because oh. going through letterboxed um, reviews and um, reading some other articles, a lot of people just seem to still like it. But that's that's nostalgia. Because this is not a good movie. Yeah. It it blows my mind. Yeah. That, like, if I, if I were in this movie... Mm-hmm. I would be making sure everyone knew I thought it was bad. And also, she was in Valentine with David Boreanaz. <laughs> she dies right at the beginning, but she was in Valentine, yeah, that, that's and that's true. trash. So, you know. Um, right. Uh, what, what's your second problem? Well, a little bit going off of what you said, but my second problem was the over-sexualization of a 14-year-old girl. Yeah. Yeah. And the bathing suit is... Yeah, the bathing suit. It's It's horrible. She's 14, and it's not, and, and she was also, she was 14 when she made the movie. Mm-hmm. Every single guy at that resort, every single man watches her, pervs on her, chats her up. Every single dude, like grown men, <laughs> are chatting this 14-year-old girl up. And the problem I have with it as well is, she doesn't, I mean, she still looks like sort of a child. Mm-hmm. Just she doesn't look 18. Yeah. Uh, her love interest, the guy who plays the love interest, was 22 years old when he filmed this movie. Mm-hmm. And he looks older than her. And for all he knows, she's still only 16 because he she's never told him that she's only 14. Over-sexualization of a 14-year-old. Which I, I understand that if you're young watching it, like if you're a young girl that like... Especially, like, so if I had seen this when it came out, I would have been 12, so I would have been a couple years younger. So, you know, and at that age, two years is a huge difference. Mm -hmm. So I probably would have thought that she was, like, this beautiful older girl. Like, like, a lot of that may not have seemed so bad to me because she – and especially when you're that age, you feel like – you have a lot of control over yourself sexually mm-hmm. when and not to like i mean i think a lot of teen girls do like i yeah. i very vividly remember being that age and i i don't like the idea you know that you know we love to talk about like teen girls how they can't make these decisions for themselves they need to be protected or whatever but mm-hmm. teenage girls can also be manipulated very easily mm-hmm. um just like teen boys can but you know we we can't talk about that um <laughs> but like 
So I think that a lot of girls would have watched this and wanted to be her, like yeah. the girl with the the crush on the older guy or whatever. And she's so she's Catherine Heigl has always been a beautiful woman, um, and here she's she's a beautiful young woman, and so I could see why why girls would have mm-hmm. been attracted to that idea. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How, look, you know me; I'm very nostalgic. I yeah. love a lot of things for nostalgia reasons. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could handle like th- even if I'd love this as a kid, I don't think as an adult I would oh, have no. fond feelings for it. The movie treats her as attractive as well. Mm-hmm. Like everyone yeah. thinks she's attractive and there's a shot when she wakes up out of bed and she gets up and she's perfect and her hair's perfect and she hasn't just gotten out of bed, but you know, movies. I think that we're I think that she is lucky and that we are lucky that um, this is the early 90s, so um, there are – bagginess is in, like baggier clothes. And throughout mm-hmm. the movie, yeah, she wears, like, shorts that are a little shorter and stuff, but, like, they are baggier, which I think mm-hmm. is, like, if this had been made, like, 10 years later, it would have been, like, tight jean shorts or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, she – I am at least glad that the wardrobe, that a lot of the – at least bottoms that she wore yeah. – were baggier um, and not skin tight because this is a few years later even, and it would have been so different. God, and did you read that she, she was almost played by Elise Silverstone? No. I thought about The Crush a lot while watching this yeah. movie. It's about, well, it was a year after The Crush, wasn't it? Our very first movie that I, we covered. I think so. Yeah, 1983, yeah. I think The Crush was, so yeah. Um, right. I wonder what Alicia Silverstone thinks about how sexualized she was at that age. Like, she's doing, like, Aerosmith videos at that age. Yeah, she was. I, I feel like I've mentioned this on this podcast before, but I'm going to mention it again. There's a, a really good, um, God, I forget how many episodes it was, maybe, like, eight. Uh, there was a podcast series recently uh, called The Lolita Podcast. <laughs> and um, once again, I will recommend it because they talk, she talks a lot about I mean, I not this specific movie, but movies like this, mm-hmm. like The Crush gets a whole section about like the over-sexualization of teen girls and how Lolita is a big part of that. And that there are a lot of teen girls that like, they worship things like this, mm-hmm. you know, like they read Lolita, they watch The Crush, um, Poison Ivy, <laughs> all kinds of things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, that it seems okay to them. Um, and that maybe they even aspire to be like that. And it is disturbing. Uh, especially something like Poison Ivy. <laughs> yeah. She murdered those yeah. people. I want to be like her. Well, I don't think it's like 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 the murderous <laughs> part. But, you know, at the beginning, like, Ivy is so... She's a free spirit. Yeah, I know. She's I know. swinging on I that swing. It. Oh, God. We, uh, we're going to have to Yeah, watch we'll that. watch that. Not, not anytime soon. Please don't pick it next. <laughs> <laughs> It has been on my mind because yeah, uh, we'll cover it one I day. guess she, Sarah Gilbert was on uh, Drew Barrymore's talk show mm. and admitted that uh, Drew Barrymore was her first kiss and Aww. talked about their practice sessions beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I didn't watch the interview, but I, I, I read, you know, a description of it and it sounds like, um, I don't know, I wonder if it might have been confusing for her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, um the Lolita podcast. It really gets into this kind of stuff. And uh, 
it is it is very upsetting and makes me feel good about the fact that I I had I had a pretty good head on my shoulders when I was mm-hmm. a teen girl that I didn't find things like that attractive. Yeah, it's really weird. It's really strange. And I think a lot of people sort of bank on young teenage girls finding that sort of thing attractive as well, mm-hmm. which is horrible. But yeah. yeah. And at the, at the end of the movie where she kisses the older guy mm-hmm. um who was 22 and she was 14 i just just I have to just put that out there yeah but um they could have got a different take of that or something because the wind is blowing her skirt up oh, God. and you see her underwear mm. and it's like could you not have done another take you know give the girl some dignity mm. i know she's been in bathing suits before but come on that's just steve minor what are you doing you're a fucking horror movie director. Go and direct some horror movies. Don't direct stuff like this. So my second problem is um, the premise of the movie. <laughs> One of us had to say it. It's just a bad premise. It is. Um, I feel I like I look. I get people like a farce. But I feel like something different could have been done. I oh my god! So so funny. I was sitting there watching it. It was um. Like, I'm watching maybe, like, the last half hour or so, and my husband starts coming through mm-hmm. the room, and, you know, he kind of stopped and was watching it for a minute and was just, like, shaking his head. He's just like, this is ridiculous. And so, at one point, he goes, well, where's her mother in all this? And I was like, well, her parents are divorced, and her dad has taken her on this vacation, and Dylan was like, wait, this is her father? <laughs> he thought it was the stepfather. Because if it was the stepfather, it wouldn't be as mm-hmm. gross. It would be gross, but... There wouldn't be it. It wouldn't be inc- as incestuous. Yeah, it's really strange. I know people like to. Uh, I don't know. I argue a little differently sometimes with steps, um, because you know what? You know what? I want Cher to get together with Paul Rudd at the end yeah. of Clueless, and I'm fine with that. Um, <laughs> I don't care that he was right. once her stepbrother, but like this would have been so much better if it was even like her stepfather although it still wouldn't have been good but it's just like the idea like that she lies that he's her boyfriend and that she knows she knows how messed up it is because she's just like well we're pretending he's my father Mm -hmm. you know because it's everyone knows it's creepy and Mm -hmm. that that's lolita humbert humbert pretends to be Dolores's father mm-hmm. when they're traveling together. Um, that's straight out of Lolita. And there there is creepiness. Like, I understand I'm not I'm not gonna be grossed out by a father that like sees his daughter in like maybe something more risque and says, You're dressed mm-hmm. too sexually, you need to cover up. I don't I mean, depending on what it is, I'm not gonna agree that that's okay for them to say that. But I understand like I don't think it's creepy for a dad to notice something like that. But they're like walking to dinner and he's like, don't walk that way. Like, he's bothered by her. Like, she's walking sexy. And I'm like, why Why would you notice that? Yeah. That's gross. That's really, really gross. Um, so, like, he feels gross with her. I did appreciate her a- telling him not to walk around in his underwear. Yeah. Because that is gross. That is gross. Um, and, and there are things like, like the you know, everyone at this resort knows about her lie, but they don't know it's a lie. Mm-hmm. And so they're all disgusted by him. But there's a point where, like, God, I don't even remember why he's clapping, but Stephen Tobolowsky's clapping. And his wife gives him a mean look. And he's like, what? Give the guy a break. What? 
<laughs> like you think this guy's a pedophile, but like you should give him a break. And well, maybe the- he doesn't believe it. No, I think, he does. I think he does. I think he does. The problem is, is that when it comes to pedophilia, once somebody is a teenager, mm-hmm. people, even if they'll say they're disgusted by it, it's a different level for them, right? Mm-hmm. Because because they are, I mean, we we do call them young adults, you know, and they think it's not as bad. It's still wrong. You don't mm-hmm. excuse it just because the person's a teenager, Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that was really upsetting to me um and like no one's doing anything about it you know See, if she was like maybe 16 or 17 say 17 mm-hmm. but 14 and this is a movie where they actually cast a 14 year old like exactly. that's the thing is that it's like they so often cast older kids as teens and that's look that's got mm-hmm. its own problems too but like it makes it so much worse watching it and like Catherine Heigl looks her age yep oh it's so gross like if it had been Drew Barrymore mm-hmm. it would have played differently because she would have been a little older and um and she looked her age because never been kissed I don't I don't buy that anyone believes she's a no. teenager she looks old and some of those teenagers are older than mm-hmm. her she still looks old. Um, <laughs> we'll do that movie at some point. Uh, but it's just uh, the premise and just like, and like that all these people are disgusted, but no one's saying or doing anything. And then thank heaven for little girls. Yeah. For some reason, this resort is having a talent show and he sings, thank heaven for little girls. And the piano is conveniently positioned. So his back is to everyone and he doesn't see anyone clear out. And here's the thing that drives me crazy. So I was, I was reading about it before we started recording. I was reading some reviews. Um, like I read one from Roger Ebert and he was talking about how this was like the funniest scene in the movie. And I'm like, was, no, what was, no, 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 no. Was it's not funny. Be funny? People just getting up and walking yeah. out because he's singing, he's singing a pedophile yeah. song. That's supposed to be hilarious. That's supposed to be hilarious. And Dylan, like, oh my God, he just like, I said something about how it's not funny. He's like, this is supposed to be a comedy. And I'm like, yeah, this is supposed yeah. to be a funny movie. And he was like, I, Dylan was just, he he was blown away mm-hmm. by everything that was happening on our TV yesterday. Yeah, it's supposed to be a family comedy. Let's just don't forget that little bit. Oh God. And it's, you know, look. Look, I am sure there are many great French people. And I know there are many great French movies that are not creepy. I Amelie. Mm-hmm. Amelie is lovely. Okay. I try to remember Amelie when I watch things like this. They've got... And look, mm-hmm. America has some messed up movies. I get it. Although anything that's this messed up is usually not as mainstream. That's true. Um... This is messed up, man. Like, I it doesn't help that one of my first French films I ever saw was uh, The Piano Teacher. Yeah. Have you ever seen that movie? I think so. Yeah, it scarred me. I think it scarred me. Um, <laughs> like, I have, I have, I have had the un- unfortunate displeasure of watching some some French yeah. films that really upset me. And it's like this is, you know, and I I don't know if there was more than three men and a baby. I don't, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know the the history of French films being remade here, but I know that three men and a baby had just been very successful here, um, successful enough to have a sequel. Um, and it it's a weird movie, but. It's a, mm-hmm. you know, it's a 
cute movie. Like it was a family film. I saw it when I was a kid and I loved it. And it's like Hollywood, if anything works once, Mm -hmm. they're convinced it'll work again. And, and and it usually doesn't like you look at like lost and they, you know, different networks kept trying to recreate lost and it never worked, but they kept Mm -hmm. trying because they're like, it worked that one time. So it must work again. And I've got to assume that they were like, well, three men and a baby did really, really well for us. Because wasn't that, was that Touchstone as well? Yeah, it was Touchstone as well, yeah. So, like, this, the studio's like, maybe we can recreate this. This movie mm-hmm. did well in France. They bought the rights before it was even here, before it even made its way here. And, like, that that's the only reason they bought this. That's the only reason this movie got made. What What's your third problem? Right. My third problem is this movie features the Baha men. And has many songs from the Baha Men before they hit the big time in the US. So I blame this movie for who let the dogs out. Mm. It's this movie's fault. You know what? I could not remember what their big song was and I didn't bother to look it up. And now that you've reminded me, I know why I forgot. Fuck you, movie. Hmm. So what's your third problem then? This movie's boring. As like the the thing is like okay so the premise is awful Mm -hmm. but you know if it had been bad in a more enjoyable way at least that would have been something even if it was funny if it had some funny moments Mm -hmm. yeah this movie's not funny no one of my main problems actually and i was going to put this down but i changed it is actually gerard depardieu um that dude because he his first language obviously isn't English, so a lot mm. of his jokes sort of fall flat because of the way he's trying to the way he enunciates them, and it's just not. I don't know if there would be funny lines if they were said by someone else, but I just don't think he was right for the English adaptation of this. Mm. Um, who would it be in nineteen ninety four? Tim Allen? No, I'm God. I'm trying to think. Nineteen ninety four. Robin Williams. Jim Carrey. Yeah, it probably would have been someone like Robin Williams or. Something like that. I think I think you would need someone um, who was physically funny, which is why I come to like Jim mm-hmm. Carrey and Robin Williams. Yeah, like Robin Williams maybe could have could have humanized this a little yeah, more. He was in a remake um, as well. Um, the Birdcage is a remake of um, Casual yeah. Falls, which is the the French version. So, um, yeah. God, it's just it's just so boring. And the thing is, like, I was, you know, whenever I was reading stuff about it today, because um, I watched it yesterday, um, I was reading, you know, reviews where they talk about little moments in the movie, and I was like, I don't remember that. And it's because I spaced out because I was bored. And that's not good. It's no. only an hour and a half long. Yeah. My positive was going to be the movie is short, but <laughs> it doesn't feel short. That's the problem. No. It feels like I- it's two hours long. At one point, I paused it, you know, because then the time would come up. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to see how much time I had left, and it said I had 40 minutes left. And I yeah. about lost it. I was not happy. Yeah. Because um, the, yeah. the water ski scene, you would think that would be something that might be later on in the film. It's half an hour in. And the water skiing scene was boring. <laughs> that stuntman her- must have got paid. I bet he got paid a lot, though. Well, and her getting... Uh, like she was on the what do you call it? Why can't I think of the word? When she when she's in danger, uh, in quote unquote danger. Yeah, she, the, she's like windsurfing. When, yeah, can't remember what um, those things. That was boring, and it was like, oh, she's stranded on a rock. Yeah, 
it it was so low stakes exactly it, there was this this movie was boring how many people find out that it was all a lie do you know what I mean? How many people at yeah. the end actually find out? That dad who takes a little girl away still probably thinks that he's a pedophile. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. And I'm just thinking, like, say that something like this happens in real life. These people, for the rest of their lives, every once in a while, yeah. they think about that. And they're like, maybe I should have done something. Exactly. I hope that girl's okay. Mm-hmm. It, oh, God. It's just... Yeah, because I don't... It's not good. Stephen Tobolowsky and all that lot, they, do they actually know at the end? No. Because, but but Stephen Tobolowsky thinks she should give the guy a break. Yeah, that's true. But the old couple, he says something to the old couple in French, and that's supposed to be like him getting back at them. He just says, "You look constipated" mm-hmm. in French, and that's supposed to be a funny and be a comeback. And it's like, but these two people still think you're a pedophile. You know, they still they're going to go home and probably you know call the police and then try to find you when you come back off the plane. You might even be in the same plane as them on the way back. Because, you know, they're American as well, so. It's, oh. And at one point I said to Dylan something about Stephen Tobolowsky, and he's like, Stephen Tobolowsky's in this. It was like, he was so disappointed in him. Yeah. And the last line, the very last line of the movie is when Emma Thompson, Andre says to Emma Thompson, I want to have a kid with you, and mm. um, and the, the very last line is just make sure it's a girl. Shouldn't the last line be just make sure it's a boy? <laughs> Isn't that a better last line? Yeah, it's well. I mean, even if you take away the creepiness of everything aside, it's like it feels like oh well, she was right about you going and having a new kid and making mm-hmm. a new life because it almost feels like oh, I just realized I love my daughter, so I'd like to do it right next time, which is just like. She was right. Mm, she was right. Going by the premise of the movie, the fact that he's went through hell for the past week with his daughter, mm-hmm. you know, just make sure it's a boy probably would have been the better line. It would have been funnier, I think, anyway. Yeah. This is bad IMDb trivia, but something in the movie makes it would make it good if they added it to this. Okay. What, that'll make sense in a second. So, Gerard Depardieu had previously played Cyrano de Bergeron. Yes. De- De Bergerac. Catherine Heigl later appeared on Grey's Anatomy with Tessa Fair, whose grandfather, Jose Fair, also played yeah. Cyrano. So Catherine mm-hmm. Heigl is in this movie with someone who played Cyrano, and then she once worked with someone mm-hmm. whose father played the character. That is not no. interesting trivia. But what is interesting is when she goes to the guy's house at the end, it is a Cyrano moment. Why isn't that the trivia? You would think that would because he was in he was Serrano with the Bergerac. You would think that that would be, you know, part of trivia. Well, by the way, he was. It makes more sense. And oh, here's another another Serrano thing. Okay, this movie makes Gerard Depardieu one of the few actors to have played the same role in two languages. Uh, One of the others is the man I just mentioned who played him Mm -hmm. in English and French. I mean, maybe if you tacked on the other one, no, the Grey's Anatomy thing that doesn't. That doesn't. It doesn't matter that Catherine Heigl once worked with someone whose father once no, played this admit, character. It's, it's but it is interesting that there is a Cyrano moment in it, and I'm just I'm scrolling through to make sure I didn't miss it. But it looks like that is not a part of any trivia here. And I just like who who are people just doing this just to be someone who added something to IMDb trivia? Yes. Like I don't. I don't but understand. It gives us, so but it gives us something to talk about, Jen. It gives us, <laughs> it gives us a little segment in our show, and I appreciate it's it. Just, but yeah, it just annoys me so much. It really, and it really annoys me when I look at. Sometimes I'll go look, and there'll be an interesting piece of trivia I know that's not there, but then there's a bunch of crappy mm-hmm. trivia. 
Ugh. Yeah. It's also strange that the movie ends, like, when they're still on holiday. You think that there'd be another scene. You've yeah. got Lauren Hutton, and she's in it for, what, three minutes. Uh, you would think that maybe you, they would go back to New York or wherever they are, but no. What what we need is, you know, a better ending is like we see him promise to oh. see her more or maybe even he gets his girlfriend like she agrees to move with him to America so he can mm-hmm. be closer to his daughter. Like I need to see something that proves to me that he is going to try to have a better yeah, exactly. relationship with her um, and maybe get her some therapy <laughs> as opposed to um, giving into her fears and being like, I'm going to start a new family. Yeah, now. exactly. Exactly, it's fucked up. <laughs> There's there. This movie doesn't give me any reason to believe that he has actually changed. No, I see. I, I'm with. I was with Andre. Apart from the the sexy walk thing, you should have noticed that. But I was with Andre up until he decided to go along with it. Yeah. That was that was messed up. The other reason it bothers me that teen girls liked this movie is that it's like, okay, well, you can tell these terrible, terrible lies. Like, because it's not just about her father. It's like she says that her mom was mm-hmm. a prostitute and her real father's in prison. And like, she got saved from the mm-hmm. streets. She tells she all these dope. terrible lies. And like, the she still gets the guy in the end. Mm-hmm. That's not good. That's not a good message. It's creepy when um, he come, he turns up to the the dance at the end. And then she's dancing with her dad, and then she leaves her dad to go with him. And the smile she gives, and the sort of look she gives, it's so to say, I'm away to bang, dad. Kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a really weird sort of sort yeah. of look she gives, and it's like, what? what? Where, is, where are they going? Well, and that, that woman talking to him about how, like, you know, a girl's first kiss and her first romance and how important it is and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, there's, they have given me no reason to think that she and this guy should get together. No. And they both say they love the, they love the other one. Mm-hmm. You met them two days ago. Yeah. It's, it's only been a few days. He, he, all, the, he just found someone he wants to save. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's all it is, is that he sees a damsel in distress and he wants to save her. Mm. There's nothing redeemable about this movie. Yeah, right. So we, ha- we have to have positives in this, Jen. So my positive is, there's this really good shot that I liked, where he's standing in the balcony, mm-hmm. and she's telling her, he's telling Nicole to come up off the couch and come out and see the moon. Mm-hmm. And we don't see the moon, but we see it in the reflection behind him in the window. Mm-hmm. And you see, that's all you see the moon on the reflection of the window behind him, and you see the clouds going over past the moon. And I thought that was really good because there was no cutaway to the moon. I thought that was quite a yeah. clever way of doing it. And I liked that shot. Yeah, so come on, Jen, you have to have one. The Bahamas looks very nice. Yeah, yeah, it looks, yeah. It looks, I was going to say that. It looks as well. lovely. The location of the movie looks gorgeous. And yeah, that's a positive. Yeah. That's all I got. I, Catherine Heigl should be more ashamed of this movie than anything else she's done. Yeah. She's done some bad stuff. She did one of the lowest grossing films ever. Which was? Um, oh God, I don't remember, but it's like, if you ever see an article about the, the lowest grossing, like the lowest box office, uh, movies, this movie's always Mm -hmm. on it. But she was in Roswell, so, you know. But part of the problem there is she hated it so much and she wanted off that they promised to concentrate on her character more in the third season and the third season was not good 
And a lot of that was because of like her character and everything she did. Okay, so I don't know how to say the name of this right. film. So I'm just going to spell Z-Y-Z-Z-Y-X. And then the next word is R-D, which I assume is road. Right. So here's the description of this movie. The family man accountant Grant travels to Las Vegas and meets the lascivious uh, Lolita Marissa in a casino. While in the motel with Marissa, her violent ex-boyfriend Joey surprises them on the bed, hits Grant on the head, but he kills Joey. Well, I'm not even going to read the rest of this. It looks boring. Okay, so here's the trivia. The film opened at one theater, Highland Park Village Theater in Dallas, Texas. It ran for seven days and made $30 at the box office. A crew member who took a friend got a refund, so the final domestic box office gross was $20, or the equivalent of three tickets sold. The film's very limited release was a technical necessity to comply with Screen Actors Guild regulations. It was made for foreign markets, but required a domestic gross. It remains the lowest grossing film in Hollywood history. Right. So I understand it's one theater because sometimes you'll read an article about how badly a movie did and it'll it'll turn out that it was only in five theaters. And if you actually look at like the per screen Mm -hmm. numbers, it did well. This one, because there was a refund, this movie made $20 and it ran for an entire week. There are people who go to like every movie that comes Mm -hmm. out, right? They didn't go to this one. Dallas is a pretty big city. Oh, they only sold three tickets. Um, I just see that the, the jealous boyfriend is played by Tom Sizemore. Okay. Didn't he kill someone? <laughs> I don't know, did he? <laughs> Let's see. Is Tom Sizemore a murderer? <laughs> I might be thinking of someone. You might be thinking of someone else. Claims to have spent $11 million on lawyers and legal fees fighting previous drug and domestic violence charges. Right. Oh, he was engaged to Heidi Fleiss. Yeah, I know that. And to prepare for Natural Born Killers, he met with Ted Bundy's psychiatrist and John Wayne Gacy. Man, Tom Sizemore is an interesting person. Yeah. This wasn't a good movie, man. Why'd you make me watch this? (laughs) (laughs) Because it's perfect for the show. It is, but now it's just something I've seen and... (laughs) I can't not see it. I mean, I'm I'm glad I saw it because... Well, you did say you wanted to. You did say you were curious. Yeah, and I never would have watched it on my own. So at least now you've seen it and you know how terrible it is. Yeah, I just... I've seen four and five star reviews in Letterboxd in this movie. I don't understand. Look, th- there are plenty of movies I don't like mm-hmm. that I understand that other people even if i even with something like eyes wide shut where like i don't see the appeal of that movie i get mm-hmm. it like i get that people like it i don't get this no i don't uh, i to, i maybe nostalgia but to give it four or five star reviews mm-hmm. there but i also understand a lot of people don't know how to separate things right like that so i watched mm, um, i wonder people who can't <laughs> separate um Movies they saw when they were younger and really enjoyed to watching them now. No, 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 but I can't. But I can. I can. No, because the thing is, I watched. I watched D two, The Mighty Ducks, this week. Okay? All right. Okay. Um, I was watching the sequels to prepare for. I actually, I should plug my own show, Pilot Inspectors. We should be recording it tonight. We watched the pilot for Mighty Ducks Game Changers, mm-hmm. and I wanted to rewatch the other yeah. two movies, which I have yet to finish the third one. Because uh, it was not as enjoyable as I remembered. It was okay. Um, so I watched D2. D2 is not a good movie. 
I'm watching Mm it. It's I'm thinking this is what we should have watched for this podcast. And I could have given you a dozen problems Mm -hmm. with this movie. Okay. Um, I was kind to it on Letterboxd and gave it two stars. Right. Okay. Um, I was very, very kind. But I I still like the movie and I still have a fondness for it. And I know that it's mostly nostalgia, but I understand that it's not a good movie. That's the thing. And that's the thing that drives me crazy about people in general. Like, I don't like that. Like, a big pet peeve of mine is when people don't understand that you can just because you don't like something doesn't mean it's not good. Mm -hmm. And that just because you like something doesn't mean it is good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I wish more people could understand that one, because I just think that's an important thing to understand. And I think it opens your eyes to judging movies differently. But two, I don't like it because people get really mad at me for my opinion sometimes Mm -hmm. because they think I'm saying, well, first of all, you just shouldn't get mad at somebody for not having the same, (laughs) not liking the same movies as you because that's really immature. And that's like the sort of thing I got over in my early twenties. Okay. Uh (laughs) Um, And I'm embarrassed it took me that long, but it's like, I remember people would get so mad at me. And when Dylan and I were younger, because this would have been when we were like in our late teens that like I watched eyes wide shut and I hated it mm-hmm. and he would get so mad at me. And I'm like, but it's, it it's a good looking movie. Like, I think that a lot about it is good. I recognize it actually is a good film. Yeah. You just didn't enjoy it. I never want to see that thing again. Yeah. Same thing with Les Mis. I did not like that movie. <laughs> it is the only movie where I've ever sat there really considering leaving. And the only reason I didn't, leave is because i couldn't tell if dylan liked it or not and i didn't want to like if he was enjoying it i didn't yeah. want to make him feel like he should leave but i was being tortured Is that the hugh jackman one yeah but i think it deserves the awards at one it's a very good movie and the music is great i don't i i think i would have liked it maybe i would have liked it better if i'd been prepared for the fact that it was a sung through musical i think i didn't like mm-hmm. that aspect of it um but even dylan who doesn't really like musicals that much even he like he was listening to the songs from that movie like we you know Anne Hathaway was great I don't like that movie there's a lot of movies like um, that like horror movies of recent years like um, The Witch or The Vivitch as it it looks like on the poster to these Um, Mm -hmm. I think that movie's kind of mediocre but loads of horror mm-hmm. fans love it, and I'm just like, yeah, okay, I don't, I don't. There's some good moments in it, but I don't think it's scary, or I don't think it's any good. But a lot of people love it, but you know, it's fine that they like it. I'm not gonna get angry. I'm not gonna post on Letterbox everyone who likes this movie is a fucking idiot or something, you know. So mm-hmm. people hate the fact that other people have opinions. I don't. I don't get it. Yeah. I, and is the world really that interesting if everyone likes the same things you do? No, the boring as fuck if everyone would like the same things. Yeah. Because then that would mean I would have to like the Kardashians. <laughs> and I don't want to like the Kardashians. Don't make me like the Kardashians. I, <laughs> I respect some things that Kim Kardashian does as far as criminal justice is concerned. Yeah, I, uses... I was talking about the TV show. No, fair. oh, well, I've... Okay. <laughs> I've never watched the show, but mm. I did watch the clip. They, I watched like five minutes or so. It was mm. um, a clip of when Kim Kardashian, like it was like the first year she was with Kanye. Mm-hmm. And he had her, he replaced her whole wardrobe and had her get rid of all of her clothes. And there's there's a couple That's scenes. Normal. There's there's some scenes where she's walking through the house and like I think maybe she has her stuff packed up or something. I don't know. Uh-huh. And Chloe, her sister Chloe, is with her. And Chloe is basically like, "You're an idiot. Like, why are you doing this for a guy?" And it's it was awesome. 
It was awesome to see her sister just be like, you, what is wrong with you? It is okay for you not to like something. Just don't be a dick about it. And it is okay for you to like something. Just don't Mm -hmm. be a dick about it. One of my rules is if somebody talks about how much they like something and it's something I hate, I'm just not going to give my opinion unless they ask. Yeah. Well, it's the point. Yeah, because if they're talking about something they like, you don't want to go, oh, I don't like that movie. That movie's shy, Mm -hmm. even though I do do that with you. But um, (laughs) we're recording a podcast. Um, But we talk about movies. Like, that's what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, it's strange. Um, So we don't understand why people like this. No, we don't. It is, it is trash, but I'm glad I picked it. I'm glad we got to talk about it. I have decided my next pick. Okay, what's your next pick? Okay, it's actually Dylan's pick. All right, interesting. Last night we were at a restaurant together for the first time in over a year. Yay! That was exciting. And we were talking about this horrible movie that I that we just talked about. And um, I was telling him about how we talked about how we should maybe be watching sequels instead of originals. Mm-hmm. That like there'd be more. It would be a more interesting conversation to talk about like My Girl Two yeah. or Mighty Ducks Two mm-hmm. than the originals, which were much much better. Mm-hmm. I think we should do Mighty Ducks Two at some point though. Later on. Yeah. Well, and when I was describing my feelings about the movie to Dylan, he was like, you really need to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and he was, he, so he had two questions. One, why don't we do more sequels? Mm-hmm. And two, why haven't we done more like late 90s teen horror? And I did tell him we did commentaries right, for I Know yeah. You Did Last Summer. And, and well, it was so funny. He was like, why don't you do something like I Know You Did Last Summer, Urban Legends? And I was like, well, actually, <laughs> we sort of did. Yeah. Um, but he had a good point there. He had a good point mm-hmm. there. And his suggestion Oh no. Was was The Rage Carry Two. And I'm pretty sure it's actually called The Rage Carry Two, not Carry Two the Rage. No, it's called The Rage Carry Two, yeah. So that is my pick. Oh. I hope it is available to you. Um I'm sure I can find it somewhere. Uh I have seen it many times. <laughs> I have seen it too many... I own it on DVD. Are you one of these strange people who prefer that to the original? Oh, fuck no. (laughs) No. You should know I'm obsessed with the book. I've read the book five or six times. I've I've, I've started reading the book recently. I haven't finished it yet. Oh, really? Yeah. That... Oh... That's interesting to me. That would give us another another level to talk about. I um I've read it so many times I actually wore out a copy. Right. Which is it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. It was a used copy because I found a, a movie tie-in version mm-hmm. at a used bookstore, which like I normally hate movie tie-in versions, but if it's old, then mm-hmm. it's cool. Yeah. Um and I the cover came right off. <laughs> the Rage Carry Two, which mm-hmm. is what, nineteen ninety nine? 98 or 99, yeah. I I feel like it was around the time of American Beauty because Mina Savari's in it. She is, yeah. Um, and it's a small role. Yes, it's 99. 99, yeah, for as much. I'm looking, I'm not looking forward to it because I've seen it fairly recently and I don't like it. But. Oh, you have? <laughs> but I will watch it again for the podcast. You picked it, it's fair enough, because I'm a horror fan, so I do want to do more mm-hmm. horror on the show as well, so it's good that we're getting to do that. So yes, that's next. And it's punishment for this. Yes. That's no that's fine. I, I'm <laughs> perfectly fine with that. Um so that's all we have time for. Um if you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, it's at drop the pilot pod. Um shifttobench.co.uk is the website. Contact at shifttobench.co.uk is the email address. Send us an email. Um let us know why you think this movie deserves four or five stars in the letterboxd. Tell us 
Send us an emails and let us know. I would like to know. I'm not going to take the piss out of you for it. If you like it, you like it. That's fair enough. Yeah, normally I wouldn't be so harsh about, like, why would people like this, except it is a creepy premise. That's really creepy. Yeah. Where where can people find you on the internet, Jen? I am at Pilot Inspectors on uh, Twitter. I should have a new episode this next week. I also have a podcast, a Party Five Rewatch podcast called Closer to Free. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's it. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you all for listening. We'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye.